Alright. Oh, we're getting we're getting an account. Oh yeah. There's only so much battery life on here, so. Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. yeah. Brad's really serious. So it is unplugged. Alright, yeah. cool. That's okay. We got like no no news at all. It'll be twenty minutes. Go. I was jumped to one there. <laughs> he did. He, he can't even <laughs> count down on his fingers. Can't count. It, he, ah. has, he has one job. Can't do it. Welcome to Real Nerds. I'm Ryan. To my left is Brad. To my right, James. I think this is four episodes in a row. Brad's been here. Three, two. No, the two episodes in a row. You are. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. Because he, did, he wasn't drive. here for drive. Yeah, yeah. Drive. you almost gave him an award. I almost gave him an award. He did not deserve. He did it. not, not deserve. Goddamn bowling ball again. But uh, this episode of Real Nerds is recorded before a live studio audience. <laughs> I just they're feisty. Wait, wait. I just showed them my tits. <laughs> and the girls are disappointed, evidently. Um, sweet. We saw 50-50 this week. Did we like it? There's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> That's the best joke of the night. Start Aww. some real news. I'm starting real news this week. Did you guys read that there is going to be a new Mortal Kombat movie? Uh, hold on I a second. Let me, let me let directed me, by the. I got to cross yeah. that off of my news list here. Okay, you know uh, I was expecting our read. studio audience to yell "finish him," but they did not. Finish him. Yeah, <laughs> that was the one man that we have in our audience. But actually, the story behind it's really cool. Is you know the Mortal Kombat uh, franchise? I don't know if you saw the second Mortal. The first Mortal Kombat movie is not that bad. Its biggest fault is it's PG-13. The second one is god awful. I think I saw twenty minutes of one on TV, and I don't know which one. Yeah, it's all right. You, you, okay. don't, you don't hurt my feelings if you say they're bad movies. I don't remember if they're bad movies. I saw twenty um, minutes of but one. But the second I one, I think somebody landed on a spike and got like dusted, like Buffy. Did that happen in one of the movies? I don't. Maybe remember. it was Highlander. Maybe it was Highlander: The Quickening. Maybe. Uh, anyway, uh, but they effectively killed the franchise with Mortal Kombat Annihilation because. They attempted to bring in all these elements from Mortal Kombat 3 and mix it with Mortal Kombat 2 and mix in their own story, so it was a convoluted mess. Did um, the early movies actually do well? The first one did really well. Oh, okay. Um, a Paul W. Sanderson original. I think that's actually his first... No way! A movie, yeah. So he really is like a hack. Like, he, he really, had, you like, know, honestly. at some level had talent and then now makes garbage to make money. Yep. Wow. Um, you know, I've always said that I really wish that... Uh, that um, David Lynch would start making money with his movies because then I could call him a hack. <laughs> um, but anyways, so they killed the franchise and this guy, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Do you know how to pronounce it? It's Ken Tecarone or something. Oh, no, I don't know. Tecarone, something like that. But he's actually a video music... Oh, the guy who did the uh, the web videos, right? Yeah. He's the guy who did the like web series about Mortal Kombat. Yeah, exactly. He was such a fan of Mortal Kombat and he thought he could make a movie of Mortal Kombat that was rated R and was hardcore and he released uh, a trailer called Mortal Kombat Rebirth which was only supposed to go to it's actually a really funny story this is he said how stupid he is with computers um, he made this film for like $50,000 that he was going to show to New Line and Warner Brothers saying hey I can make a cool Mortal Kombat movie so what he did is he uh, he didn't know how to transfer a file that was two gigs like across the internet so he uploaded it on YouTube and set it to private so only certain people could see it, but he didn't know how to do that. So by doing that, he effectively released it himself. But by doing that, it actually got everybody really excited to see what he could do, and they gave him the nine little mini webisodes, which yeah. he kind of took in a different way. And some of them are really good. Some of them are okay. I watched um, the first few. They were interesting. Like, the Raiden one's really cool. Um, he, the Raiden, he comes to Earth, and he's put in a mental institution, and they think he's crazy until he goes all Raiden. And I always thought they could actually make a cool Mortal Kombat movie just being the Scorpion and Sub-Zero story, where um, Sub-Zero is an assassin, and he goes and he kills Scorpion's whole family and clan, and then Scorpion's resurrected as a revenge. I thought it would make an interesting story. Let me ask you a question. Is it possible, because I really I know very little about Mortal Kombat, Mortal, Mortal Kombat, I'm slurring. Is it possible to make a Mortal Kombat, Mortal, Mortal Kombat movie... Mortal Kombat. Is it possible to make a Mortal Kombat movie without it being at some le level level kind of kind of kind of silly? <laughs> oh fuck me! Um, 
you know, like, yeah, does no, it have I, to be a little tongue in cheek, a little aware of what it is? I think it does. Or, I or mean, can you make like this is a movie where some badass dudes fight and some of them have magical powers? I mean, there, there's a fine line because even the guys who make the game know it. I mean, some of the fatalities are goofy. I mean, and even in the new one where it's more serious, there's a fatality where Ermac shrinks you to a little size and he squishes you like a bug. So, I mean, they're self-aware of the violence in it and they're, they know. So I, I think you have to balance it. Um, but I, I think you could make a serious movie that was Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And even the little webisode was cool because they only spoke uh, Japanese in the webisode. So, uh, in that one, yeah, yeah. So they had, uh, you know, subtitles. But his wife is actually the lady who wrote, uh, co-wrote Doctor Horrible with Joss Whedon. Oh, really? Yeah. Or maybe it's his sister. It's one of the two. Because well, he better get that sorted out. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's my cool news for the week. I think that's kind of interesting. They're going to start filming it in January. He said. Yeah. So I guess that's they're already, cool. They're pretty much. He said they're done with the script, and now they're just really fine tuning it. Ryan, did you know, or Brad, did you know that Michael J. White is in uh, is in those little shorts? Yeah, he plays Jax, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Anyway. He's uh, a friend of the director's, why he did it. And it's the kind of thing that usually I would skip over and be like, oh, that sounds stupid, I'll see that. And, but we have to talk about it, because Ryan's here. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got anything else, Ryan? Uh, they cast Leon Kennedy in Resident Evil. Who's Leon Kennedy? Leon Kennedy is in, Res- the, in the second Resident Evil game. And he's oh, he's like, a character. Yeah. He's not an actor. Yeah, and he's uh, in Resident Evil Four. He's a main protagonist in Resident Evil Four too. Oh, okay. And he's like one of the series heroes. Him and Chris Redfield are kind of the series heroes. Oh, okay. Cool. I have never heard of the guy who's played him, but why would you? But Mia Hovavich a- keeps on texting um, and tweeting pictures and breaking news because maybe Paul W. S. Anderson is too busy putting the final touches on the Three Musketeers. I think that every time that you say the the name Mihovovich, I'm going to sigh as horribly as I just did, and it'll be it'll be it'll be the worst thing that anyone would ever it's listen to. <laughs> Was that a joke or are you are you serious? Is it really pronounced Horovitz? No, it's not. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't get picked up. Ah. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, guess what? Hmm. 3D's dead. What? Yeah. <laughs> Almost. It's gonna be dead. It's it can't but the survive. Lion, this. The Lion King just did really well. It what did, didn't it? <laughs> but here's the thing, and this is going to affect because you have said, well, before Transformers, you said the next 3D movie I will see will probably be Spider-Man Three. Well, uh, between now and the Sp- not Spider-Man Three, Spider-Man Amazing Four-ish, yeah. yeah. Uh, between now and then, Sony is going to stop paying for 3D glasses. Um, but up until now, what is, what's been happening is, you know, when you go to the theater, you pay for your 3D movie, they give you 3D glasses, and you go in. Well, those 3D glasses weren't bought by the, the theater you're at. They were paid for by the studio that's putting out the 3D movie. Um, and that was a big point of contention before because theaters didn't want to pay that price. And now Sony is not going to pay that. And if Sony doesn't do it... That that might mean that other studios are not going to pay for it anymore, and if other studios don't pay for it, theaters are not going to be happy about it. They're going to jack up prices even more, which means that now you know going to see a 3D movie is probably going to be five, six dollars more. That means holograms instead of 3D. Holograms would be awesome. Actually, I I hate to admit this, I have had a horrible fear of holograms since I was like four years old. And the reason is because, because I've always Red Dwarf. no, not because of Red Dwarf. Because I've always thought like all of these movies I love. When everybody has holographic TVs and shit, I'm not gonna be able to watch them. And they're gonna like remake the Lord of the Rings in hologram because <laughs> they're gonna have to refilm it because you can't just convert that shit. I don't know because I don't know how holograms work because they're imaginary. <laughs> you just move your head but... across the screen like this. <laughs> <laughs> ah ah ah! You're attacking my feet. Anyway, um, what do you guys think? I'm not surprised. I mean, it's already super expensive. I think now to see a 3D movie, fourteen fifty. Is it really? Yeah. I think Wait. it's sixteen in some Eastern markets. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's so, twenty three in California. Well, it's always high in California because everybody there gets to see them for free. Nobody yeah. actually pays to go see a movie in California. But it's yeah. I mean, it's not that shocking because people stop paying for for it anyways. Even Michael Bay, who said, "Oh, Transformers 3D," you know, saved. The 3D industry. Well, yeah, that one movie, but then every movie is subsequently released after that 
2D yeah. was the clear winner in it. Yeah. Because it doesn't add anything to it. I mean, what's uh, what's the point of even going to see show. a 3D movie? I don't have time for this. You know? Stuart, who, go lay down! Who the, hell is, all over the computer. who the hell is Brad talking to? Um, yeah, no. I, I mean, actually, there's a part of me that is excited about it because it... Because it means, uh, because it means that hopefully people are going to stop paying for them entirely, mm-hmm. and then the whole thing is going to die. I want it to go away. I'm tired of having to, you know, when I go to a movie, decide whether or not. Well, obviously, I don't actually have to decide whether or not I'm going to see it in 3D. I'm not going to see it in 3D. Um, but I'm tired of like knowing that good theaters are taken up by 3D versions of movies. Uh, you know, I was actually reading an article on the Digital Bits, and they said that. Uh, 3D, they, they're having to lump them together package-wise because people aren't buying the 3D TVs. And the movie studios were really getting behind 3D TVs. And even ESPN has a 3D network that they're probably going to shut down because it costs way too much money because huh. the camera they have has two lenses. And, yeah. um, and now the, there's like one last-ditch effort that, exclusive to Best Buy, the Harry Potter Part uh, 7, 7.1, is going to be released exclusively in 3D at Best Buy and you have to buy it with a bundle of a 3D TV. Wow. That's stupid. Who wants it in the first place? I like, I, I mean, they're trying. Because I, I, people are like, I don't want to pay for a 3D TV. Yeah, and it, it means that you've all, it also means that you're screwing over the people who did invest in your TV. Yeah. You know? The people who were like, hey, 3D TV is cool. I'm going to buy this thing. I'm going to, you know, spend way too much money way too early on unproven technology. Uh, and then you're going to punish those people by saying like, oh, well, you can't watch this movie. Panasonic did the same thing where you couldn't buy Avatar for a while anywhere unless you got it with a Panasonic TV or or only people who bought Panasonic TVs could buy Avatar or something crazy like that. And it's not surprising too because 3D always goes through fads. You know, uh, even yeah. Nintendo found that out. I mean, Virtual Boy was a 3D thing and I mean, Brad's the only person I know who even owns one. Yeah. And, the, you know, it hurts your eyes. Ah, and then... early converters. <laughs> Shut up, guys. It's awesome. And so <laughs> Give the, it a chance. I mean, even the 3DS... Is dropped in price by seventy dollars since it's yeah. launched. What, and that's five months ago. That's actually a good piece of machine. Oh no, like, it's cool. It's like it's a good a handheld. Like and mm-hmm. and if you well, they because it's forced perspective. Like you have to be holding the screen at a certain place to actually get the the right effect of the three D. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it wouldn't work with more than one person. It wouldn't work if you were sitting on a couch at a slight angle from the from the TV like that. I mean, they are doing stuff that's like that because they're desperately trying to find ways to make 3D work on TVs because active glasses don't aren't what people want. Nobody wants to pay $150 for glasses. Um, even though from I keep hearing from people like, oh, it's amazing. It's even better than what you see on, on, on the big screen because there the like, glasses are talking to the, the TV and they know where you are and you're, you're getting a, a better experience of, of 3D, but nobody wants to pay for it. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's, yeah, you're right. I think it's going to go away. Yeah, I, which is not really a surprise because no. it was a it was a big okay. deal. If, it's it actually come back better. Who knows? I wasn't going to talk about this before, but uh, the Alamo Draft House is picking up. Uh, it's a shoot. I don't remember it perfectly, but anyway, it's a movie from the '80s that was a sort of cult favorite 3D movie uh, that they've picked up and converted to real D, and then they're going to show in their theaters. And it's almost perfect timing because it's like, oh yeah, remember the last time this fad came around? Well. We're going to end it with this movie that you don't remember. Friday the 13th. <laughs> oh, Jaws 3D is... Oh, that movie is pathetic. I'd see Friday the 13th 3D and 3D on the big screen. I think that'd be fun. Because I just want to see that eyeball pop out and come at me in 3D. There's a part of me that will miss, like, your piranhas. But I'll miss them for 30 years, and this will come back. And, like, James Cameron will... You know, he'll be 105 years old, and he'll be like, 3D is coming back! I found a way to put Titanic in your brain! Uh, (laughs) Well, there's something I don't want to see in 3D. Avatar's coming to the Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Oh, yeah, I saw that it's going to Disney. They're going to put, like, a a specific ride from the world of Pandora there, which would probably be really cool, because Disney makes really cool things. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how much of it is footage stuff. Like, I'm always disappointed when you find out that there's a new ride at Disney World and it's all, like, or it's mostly, you know, camera stuff, you know, screens, because um, I want them to do better than that. Have you, the, their coolest new ride they have there is the uh, the F- Expedition Everest, which is a roller coaster, 
that goes and then the track ends and you go backwards. Oh, it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. I like it when they build stuff. Yeah. Nemo. What's Nemo? Nemo. Oh, is, oh, is Nemo one of those 3D, 4D things? Yeah, it is, but they uh, they project the images of the fish onto an aquarium. It is oh, awesome. so you're looking at real fish, and then inside you're like, it's like hey, it's a... I mean, that is really cool. And everybody's yeah, I don't looking take for away, Nemo in it. I, I don't want to take away, because, find him? of course... He did, because he's, like, ahead of him, and he's like, over here! <laughs> and then he goes behind Coral, and then all the other fish are like, where's Nemo? It's pretty pretty funny. It's cute. Oh, good. Good. It sounds like it's terrifying. <laughs> so it's good to know that it's actually cute. That was a legitimate laugh. Actually, it was just sort of a snort and a giggle. Like, ah, James is trying. Uh, I only have one more piece of news, and it has... Uh, you probably don't care. Do you guys ever read the Ender's Game books? No. I think you were a little too old. They sort of hit the the, the hey. guys... A- <laughs> <laughs> they sort of hit the guys a couple of years older than me. Um, <laughs> really great series. Uh, Ender's Game is interesting because... Orson Scott Card. They're written by Orson Scott Card. Uh, and the second book is one called Speaker for the Dead, one of my favorite books. And in Ender's Game is actually a book that he wrote specifically to write that second book, which there's an, which is interesting since Ender's Game is the most popular one, the one that everybody talks about. But the the rich sci-fi is in that that sequel. Uh, but anyway, they've been talking about making this movie for a long time, and there's a specific reason why it's really hard. But this week they cast it. Uh, we don't really know. Ah. They, they don't really know exactly who all is going to be in the movie, but the thing is here, the entire movie, the, all of the main characters are like between the ages of 7 and 11 years old. It's an entire cast of kids that age, which obviously casting kids in any movie is really hard. Unless it's Cody Smith McPhee. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there are every, <laughs> every now and then you get uh, a couple good ones, like Cody Smith McPhee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it. I had always said, back when Beowulf came out, I was really excited. Uh, I was really excited about Beowulf um, because I thought, dude, if this movie is actually as good as people say it is, where the CG stuff and the f- motion, the face capture stuff is really cool, that's how I want Ender's Game to be made. I want really good adult actors made up to look like their children, and then make me like a CG movie. Of these little kids fighting and doing all this like badass space shit, um, but they're gonna—they're still doing it live action. I'm excited. I, I want it to be good, but so far there's nobody actually attached to it that I care about. So everybody, shut up for a minute because I just realized that Laura follows Chloe Kardashian on Twitter. That's not really news to me. What is what is a Chloe Kardashian like? What? How is she famous? She's the big Kardashian, married to Lamar. Oh, wait, we're not even talking about Laura's the one that had sex Kardashian? with Ray J. Dude, she means the fat one. Because here's the thing. <laughs> she's she's You're losing him, right? If I'm not mistaken, she is famous because she's sisters with a woman who had sex with the brother of the main actor from the show Moesha. <laughs> right? Yes. Like, that is the only reason anyone <laughs> you knows who the, the more fuck you she know. is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she married him because she is famous. Because her sister had sex with somebody no one's heard of. I don't need your judgment. Did well, you're getting it. Write this story? No, he would... It, hey, Brad, would how about you? Do you have any news for me that, this week? I do actually have some news this week. Oh, I'm really? I'm excited about it, yes. Dude! Brad is Brad is Brad, like growing up. He's adding Brad's, things to the Brad's podcast. Brad's coming to the podcast. I know. Prepared. I, I read some articles. No uh, way. From a website? website? Yeah. Um, They're not from like Entertainment Weekly, are they? Because they'd be like three weeks old. <laughs> no. Uh, this is from Digital Bits. Uh, the Star Trek Next Generation Blu-rays are on their way. Oh, that's right. I didn't talk about this because uh, I felt like you guys wouldn't <laughs> want to talk about it. Hey, no. hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Um, Chastising yeah. the audience. It's not good. Well, I mean, they uh, they don't listen anyway. So anyway, I'm super excited about the Star Trek Next, Next Generation Blu-rays oh. because they're basically shot on beta. Because you're a nerd! <laughs> don't care. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Proud of it. Um, and so the quality of the picture isn't as good as film, uh, like traditional 35mm uh, film. I think you've got it backwards there. The show, really? if I'm not mistaken, the show... Video production degree? Well, no. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, let me throw this Bye. at you. Bye. Hold on, let me throw this at you. If I'm not mistaken, the show was shot on film, and then the composites were done 
in, beta? On beta. Okay. So, so there is no finished version on film. So, like, the shots of Picard sitting in a chair are on film, but then... To, to add in the stuff that's behind the screen is all SD. So that, yeah. that's been the problem. I think they made the DVDs off the betas. Yes, they did. So it's now that's that easy. they're actually going to the source film for the Blu-rays, which is awesome because it's going to look amazing. What was the tagline, yeah. though? I was reading the article. Like, what's on the box? Oh, it's it's the next generation. No, no. It's uh, of the, the next, next level. generation. No, 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 no. It's, it's the pull-up digital bits. It's the <laughs> goofiest. It's like... Uh, taste the experience. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Uh, oh, yeah. Taste the experience, right? Yeah, it's something like that. T- I think it's straight out of a replicator. <laughs> um, and this is this week's moment where we crash the podcast. <laughs> so anyway, I think uh, while he's shit looking it up, up, they're also gonna redo a bunch of a those taste special effects. of yeah, the taste. next generation. A taste no, of an- no, 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 no. A taste of TNG in high definition. A That's taste what it says. Of TNG in a high taste definition. of, yeah, like it's a food. What um, is well, bizarre? No, the reason it's called a taste of is because this, what they're releasing in May is a sample, or March, right. is actually only three slash four episodes. It's it's three episodes, but one of them is the 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 pilot episodes. It's two hours, um, and honestly, Farpoint. Far yeah, the encounter at Farpoint. Why are they? Uh, they are, are they, not the best episodes. Are they doing that so people will? buy it and they they're probably the, testing the market it's to see if the people are yeah. just rebuy because i will say I, i'm also kind of double dipping you know yeah. i'm sure that it's also a thing of like hey it's taking because it's going to take them a long time and a lot of money to do this they're probably putting it out there to make sure that that the, the real fans will just go ahead and buy it just to see what it looks like and then um anyway but i always thought you know i'm not a star trek fan at all but the packaging was always really cool for their box sets yeah yeah it is it is they're good dvds um, yeah, nice fold out. You should watch Darmok. It's on. It's on Netflix. Um, anyway, it's been really great, and that's what I've been watching all week. When we'll get to what we've been watching, and my okay. part is really short because I've only been watching Next Generation. All right. Well, I'm done with my news, so why don't we? All right. Jump into that. Cool. What have you been watching, James? I've been watching a lot of the Next Generation, um, which is a show. It's like it's like the second Star Trek show. Um, other than that. Uh, last week, Pan Am aired finally, which is the show with Christina Ricci, where they really want to be Mad Men, and it's not good. Um, I I'm stealing this joke from Alex Albrecht of the Totally Rad Show that, and I but I agree with it. I feel like while you're watching the show, you can see the guy who was pitching the show and saying like, "Oh, it's gonna be all this drama and about these people who are on planes," and I can see the executive getting bored, and then the guy pitching going, "Ah," and then I don't know, uh, one of them's a spy. And she's got to do spy shit probably every week, you know. Wait, and it's a spy show, right? This is—it's the same moment Did that not I had. Pitch it that way on TV. I know it's the same moment that I had with uh, the Playboy Club, where ten minutes in, they're bar- they're dumping a body in the river, and I'm thinking, this is not the show you should be making. And uh, Pan Am does the same thing, where uh, you're learning these weird backstories where these people have convoluted stories, and it's not. You know, part of what's good about Mad Men is it's simple people living weird, complex lives, and and you're focusing on little moments in their lives. Um, this is like a TV version of that. It's it's not good. Of mm. course. I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm. Mad Men is on TV. Oh, no, but you know, it's a it's a network. Not right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, AMC is not I'll like show normal back TV. at the audience. <laughs> um, oh, I I mean, I yelled at them. Now they're all gone. Everybody left, even yeah. the dude. Yeah, you guys. Are um, awesome. But the only other thing that I watched this week was Terra Nova, which is the is new show. Good? What? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. He's is getting it good? to it. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm yeah. gonna get. <laughs> anyway, from now on, just say the show uh, you're watching, and then say so, good or bad, and we'll so, move on. Terra Nova, good. <laughs> good. Uh, actually, I can't answer that question. I don't really know yet. Yeah. It's it's this new show that Steven Spielberg produced. It's been in production for a while. Uh, the main guy is the guy who was on the U.S. remake of Life on Mars, which got canceled. Um, there's nobody else of note in it, except for the guy who plays the general in um, Avatar. Avatar. And he kind of... Yeah, yeah, well, it's actually a slightly better character. It's a less cliche, better dialogued character with, with less stupid scars on the side of his head. But he does have a scene where he l- welcomes people to a foreign planet. Um, uh, and that's actually the thing you remember most. Um, the thing is, this could be a good show 
if it weren't for the fact in the pilot episode the like son is really angsty and mad at his dad in super cliche ways that aren't very interesting um and that character i hate no matter how well it's written i i'm always more interested by sons like uh the son in breaking bad who i know you guys don't I don't. I think you guys don't watch cerebral it. No. Palsy. Yeah, well, yeah, he has cerebral palsy. The character has cerebral palsy, but that's not what's important. The, what's important is he's a he's a son who actually really likes his dad and looks up to his dad. And as his dad screws up, he sort of has to deal with that in in emotional ways. Whereas a son that's just like, I'm a teenager and I'm so angsty and I hate <laughs> my dad because he's a dad. Like that's it's not a very good character. The good thing is, I think he's supposed to have learned something in the pilot, so hopefully after this he'll just be a dude, you know, who's not like, I'm mopey because I gave up my girlfriend in the future world. I Which, I should I should explain what the story is, because they don't tell you this. Uh, it starts off really cool, like, everything looks like Blade Runner, and they, they live in this planet where, like, well, they live on Earth, but uh, the air is really bad... And so everybody's got gas masks on, and there's population control. So, like, the, the show starts, actually, pretty interestingly, with this family, and everything seems normal. And then the cops break in, and they're, like, rummaging through the house, and they open a cabinet, and there's a baby in the cabinet, and they grab the baby and run it. Well, they don't... That, that makes it sound silly. I've they, heard of this planet. It's called China. What? <laughs> oh. uh, so, so they take this little Chinese... I mean, this little white baby, and they carry it out of the apartment, and... Then somehow, they, you skip forward and somehow they got that little girl back. But long story short, uh, the people on this planet using the Large Hadron Collider have created a black hole through time that goes back to dinosaur times. And they also have figured out that it is, it's a slightly different, like it's a, it's a time skew. It's a different dimension. So the things they do in the past in this other world don't actually affect their future Basically, it's a way for the writers to say, like, ah, we don't have to worry about, you know, them back to the futuring themselves. Don't have to worry about paradoxes. Right, exactly. Like, that's over. Um, though, that doesn't really work because they're obviously on a different planet because all the dinosaurs are different. Like, there's one that has a weird, it's like a velociraptor with a weird flippy tail that it flips at people. Um, and the other thing that's shitty about it is that all the CG is really, really garbage. Like, like just... You want to scratch your eyes out. It looks so bad. Uh, and I'm hoping... The stuff at the beginning of like these giant future cities looks great. And I was really excited because I had seen early shots and I thought, those dinosaurs look like trash. Uh, and I thought, maybe they went back in and fixed it. They didn't. Um, and I'm hoping that what that means is that they didn't spend too much money on this pilot. They didn't pull Lost where they you know, spent a huge chunk of money and then had to chop everything up after that. Hopefully it means that, like, in the future there will be, like, one dinosaur in an episode, and they can make it look good, and, you know, or some episodes won't have dinosaurs, and eventually they'll kill all the dinosaurs, and it'll just be people in the past, because that would be a cool show. But, uh, it's, it's the best thing that I've watched these past two weeks as far as new shows. You know where, um, a planet Earth is, um, all, like, wasted and they wear gas masks? You know what movie that's in? Jason X. I'm not even joking. They True. they get out and the it's like dirty and they have to wear masks because it's too uh, dangerous to inhabit. Also, China. Yeah, <laughs> this is also true. China. Yeah. yeah, I've I've got pictures from when my uh, when my cousins bought that little baby from China, <laughs> and and they they really said like they would drive around in towns there and be like, how does how does anyone live here? The the fog is the the the, the smog is just horrible. So fuck China. Uh, no. Um. Anyway, what you been watching? What, they what own you? all of our debt. Don't say that. Well, yeah, but. I mean, we're in Canada. Oh. <laughs> what what you been watching, Ryan? Well, what I've been watching is uh, actually I watched episode four uh, of Star Wars. Wait, wait, wait. We we didn't get to talk about episode three last week. You, oh, I we, did. No, no, oh, no. Yeah, this I week episode, you watched. I watched since three last and episode. Four. You watched two because. Yeah, I've watched episode three and four. And I still stand by my conviction that episode three is the best of the prequels. Yeah, I, I read, I read your uh, and my wife your article, just and it gave me a raspberry. So your, your article made me want to punch you in your George Lucas turkey neck so hard. I have a George Lucas turkey neck that no, hurts my feelings. You, well, but the people who are listening who don't know you think you do now, mm. and that's how I that's how I got my revenge for how much I hate I hate that. It's the worst. That no. movie is the worst. False. Ugh. how did you give that an A minus? Anyways, so episode four is amazing. <laughs> yeah! You, the truth is, Ryan, you probably should have started at four, 
and then gone the traditional well, I, route? Well, I, I, because that way, you, when you got to the prequels, you'd be like, oh yeah, these are trash. No, like, I, This I, isn't what good movies they, are They like. never would change my mind about them. I mean, uh, I've... I've seen the movie so many times. He wants times to experience him the way that you're going to be able to re-experience him in the theaters coming soon. No, yeah. That's what breaks my heart, is that the, he wants to experience them the way that, like, an eight-year-old now experiences them. I just killed the room. <laughs> no, you, you just marijuana. You just uh, put in my head the vision of a me going to a Star Trek convention or a sci-fi convention maybe ten years from now and seeing the kids who grew up with the prequels uh you know fighting over toys and see i don't think that i don't think the prequels will resonate like that you don't think so no Uh, because i i I certainly don't think that kids now will grow up and feel the way about star wars that we feel about star wars from what i've been listening to like people who grew up with the original trilogy like got hooked on not just the movies but also the marketing and the toys and i feel like the prequels were even more heavily marketed and had more toys, so I I just imagine. I don't know, but I don't an exponentially exploded version of that. Like people, you know, my generation and your generation, me, um, <laughs> all sort of grew up with Star Wars being the kind of stuff that our dreams were made of. Like that was a very special movie that wasn't like anything else that you could see. Even you know, up until like, you know, even when something like. Independence Day would come out, I'd still be like, this is not as good as Star Wars because there's a real hearty story there. Nobody's wearing a vest. What's up with that? Uh, And yet, I don't think that anyone today, any kid today is going to grow up and feel like Star Wars is special in that way. They're going to see Star Wars and they're going to see Star Trek and things like that and think that they're all just like, oh, these are movies. Well, Also, pop culture changes, though, because kids uh, like my niece is nine. She feels that way about Harry Potter. You know, she's experiencing the books, she's experiencing the movies. So to her, that's the magical thing. But, you know... I, and that's fucked up, too. I'm sorry, never mind. You know, and um, you guys are going to kill me when I release the list of uh, the Star Wars movies I like in order. But, <sighs> uh, no, but but I was watching episode four, and I've seen it 80 times. I don't even know how many times I've seen that movie. Um, but I still forgot, like, moments in it. You know, when Luke is going down the... Shaft? What shaft? I don't know. Down the shaft. Yeah, yeah. Right. he's going down. <laughs> Luke shaft. is going down Han shaft. Wait, uh, no, he's going down the, I don't know, the, the trench. trench. Yeah, the star trench. The yeah. star trench, and uh, you know, Vader gets behind him, question. and he says, uh, "The force is strong with this one." And says, "It is strong with Luke." And then I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Luke is cornered!" And then Han shows up and gets him, and yeah, I totally movie. forgot about that. And I've seen that movie, pff, I don't even know how many times. And uh, I didn't notice the big thing with the dragon call, I guess, that they changed with Obi-Wan Kenobi scaring away the sand people. Um, yeah, that's not a big one. And then I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't really notice the, the rocks in front of RTD2 because it looked seamless. Um, My question is... Are you only thinking about the fact he just said RTD2? Uh, he mispronounces things all the time. <laughs> uh, I just drown it out. Uh, My question is how did... Sorry, R2D2. Fuck you guys. You can just say R2. All right. Okay, R2. Uh, um... Whatever. I heard about that today. I was wondering how, like, did R2 spend maybe half an hour moving the rocks and then getting behind them and then putting that's, them back into place? That's the thing. All of the changes in, in A New Hope are, are, are just sort of silly, you know? Like, they, they're not offensive in the way that uh, uh, Greedo shooting for, first is offensive. Um, they're just like, why would you do that? Like, why does that need to be changed? Why does Obi-Wan need to scream more? That never... It, that didn't not make sense before. You're not fixing anything. You're just changing things to change things. Yeah, and, yeah. So, like, that stuff, I mean, you wouldn't even notice. Yeah. But the movie's still good. You know, the, it's that a special edition. It looks pretty good. Like, the special edition, the, again, the biggest jarring part is when Han walks over Jabba's tail. Yeah. That part still looks goofy. I, I don't know yeah. how you could ever make that work right. Yeah, that scene and obviously the the Han shots first yeah. scene are the two things in that movie that need to not be there. Yeah, I, I mean the scene's okay, but I mean I mean it's unnecessary and it just looks goofy when they have him walk over. That's because yeah, there are CGI other things from that... what nineteen ninety seven. So yeah, I mean spend some time on that for sure. Um, yeah, and there are other CG things in there that I still don't think should be there, like ethically, but they don't bother me from the special editions. Like there's a. There's a CG shot of the X-Wing coming towards you as it locks in yeah. the, uh, the attack foils. Yeah, the, the only th- it- I mean, it doesn't really hurt the movies. The only thing that it, it's kind of... It's weird because, you know, the the old special effects 
And then you get all of a sudden these like candy coated like shots of the X Wing flying and stuff, and it yeah. doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie. Yeah, that's I was thinking about this the other day because now we're at a point where the CG scenes are dated. Mm-hmm. You know? Like mm-hmm. he was putting in stuff as if to say, Oh, well, you know, there, we've got these these dated special effects that we're ashamed of and we're putting these new shiny special effects and now time has passed again and those are now dated and then, you know he's gonna have to just keep putting in new special effects every 20 years oh not even uh to make those movies good yeah. i guess i don't i don't get it so yeah that's why i watched i watched uh, up all night christina applegate what is that it's a uh, christina applegate and will arnett they become parents and is that that new show yeah oh. it's actually not that bad like there's really funny parts where they're changing the baby's diaper and they're cussing a whole bunch and they say they really have to watch their mouth and but then it gets really heavy-handed and like syrupy at the end so i keep reusing this half good joke that every year there's a new show with will arnett that comes out there's... and every year in the commercials he's a little bit more depressed you know like he he is not having fun yeah he really isn't yeah he needs to be job again and he would be and then i caught the tail end of it coming episode of whitney um i was just waiting oh. with my friend joe and it's terrible Ugh. they they try to set up these jokes and the jokes are terrible and the people in it are terrible and it's it's the worst thing that's happened to women since suffrage i don't know since power suffrage was handed. a good thing <laughs> that's a, uh, that was again that, the that only was, uh, man in our audience that um, was uh, a joke from friends if no, if no, one got no, it. Yeah. no one watches friends but me no i wasn't born yet um <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Oh wow! All right, uh, Brad. Brad, what have you been watching? Um, I saw a movie Friends? called No, I no. Uh, I watched a movie called Bellflower, and that was weird. All right. Um, and interesting and annoying at times, and yeah, kind of all over the map. So I'll avoid it. Uh, yeah, I guess. It's, <laughs> it's got a cool aesthetic to it. Like, there's always like dust on the camera and like really blurred edges. It's so shitty. It's filmed shittily. Yeah, but then other times it's pristine and it's. <laughs> really kind of one of those movies that's look we're independent yeah you wouldn't yeah. like it for sure i know that because <laughs> yeah, that's stupid james might appreciate it but no, anyway that's stupid i i hate when well, what's it, the point if it gets in the way yeah it's stupid that's like the forced perspective of 3d where they put bars in front of the camera so you mm-hmm. have a 3d depth to it i think it had something to do with the narrative but i didn't quite figure it out because i was too busy trying to follow along so if you didn't so figure it out then it was worthless then they should have just because i didn't figure it out doesn't mean no that i'm just saying it's worthless people... then it sounds like the kind of movie i would try to fall asleep in um, I almost did at some points. Um, <laughs> I never uh, actually. I started watching Twenty Four Season Eight again. Nice. So you've seen it before? Yeah. Yeah. Is it good? So I hadn't seen it since it aired on TV. So it's awesome. Um, but I only got I only got into the first episode so far. So so good episode. It's a little slow moving that first one, but you got to watch basically with Twenty Four the first four hours. Yeah. Once you get to the fourth hour, it's. Can I then skip to like off. the last six episodes or something? Because I would love to watch. Never the ro- skip an episode twenty-four. <laughs> oh, I mean, I thought you were. I thought you were just telling me to only watch the first four. No, I'm just saying if you're watching the first episode of twenty-four of that oh, season, and you got to like, get through the first sure four to this. really get into yeah. it. Oh, okay. With a lot I of like twenty-four, too. yeah. Like twenty-four always has that slow build-up, yeah. you know, and then you find out certain things. I still think season eight has one of the biggest shock twists in it. Yeah, that's weird because I always used to hear the sort of the opposite thing that it would start off. The good seasons of 24 would start off really exciting, and then, like, because they were trying to stretch things out, it would get kind of boring in the middle, and then it would end really good. Yeah. So. It happens. Okay. Uh, that's it for me. That's all you watched? Uh, you didn't I watch any the Star Trek? Office. Huh? You didn't watch any Star Trek? No. I'm yeah. waiting for the Blu-rays. <laughs> you should watch them, <laughs> Um, and then I watched the new episodes of The Office, and they were all right. Oh, funny. Handy got a tattoo, and I still haven't watched any of the new ones. I yeah. I feel like I should because you guys keep saying that they're they're still funny. Like the the actors are funny in it, so they have I've always liked the ensemble cast. So, I, I still mean, vibe, but it's a little weird not having Steve Carell there. But at the same time, I'm not ready to kill the show. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't think my heart's in I, it. maybe when it gets going on, they don't have the zany cold openings like where Michael Scott is, you know, rapping or yeah, whatever he's gonna do that week. I want to see more pranks out of Jim, though. See, I he hasn't done one yet. I kind of, I kind of want them to cancel that show so that those guys that I really love will go do other things. Um, well, I don't think the, I think this might be the last season. 
We'll see how it pans out. Yeah. I'm just glad they got rid of Christian Slater. I hated every commercial where they were like, I can't believe we got Christian Slater on our show. And I'm thinking, why? What was he doing? <laughs> like, he was living in a shack somewhere. He was like, he was like Baby Doe Tabor, you know, freezing to death. On The Office? In a shack. No, the actor. Right. What was he doing? Well, no, they were just amazed that he, like, in the commercials for that oh, show, the, oh, they the were Saber amazed. Promo video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. Oh. No, they were always amazed that, like, that was oh, one episode. No, 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 no. In the commercials for The Office, they're interviewing the cast of The Office, and they're talking about, I can't believe we got this actor on our show. And I'm thinking, why? Where? What? Like, what was he doing? It doesn't. You're really surprised that you got this guy that's not doing anything on your show? <laughs> Seriously? You know? It's a tie-in for uh, my own worst enemy, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <Aww. laughs> Uh, I have an audience suggestion, is that, and that is that you link a Wikipedia article describing who Baby Doe Tabor is. No, no, turn. no, I'm not going to do that. If you want to know why that joke is funny only to me in this room, you need to look up who Baby Doe Tabor is. Do you guys know who Baby Doe Tabor is? Nope. nope. <laughs> she died, she froze to death in a shack. Mm. Proving Tabor Center. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her husband was this guy who made all this money, and everybody thought she was like some kind of gold digging harlot. And then after he died, she died freezing in a shack. Silver because digging. is this a movie? No, this happened. Then why in we the talk re- about it, Ryan? What's next? <laughs> oh, it should be. It should be a movie. I know. I didn't say that because I might write it. Go ahead, Ryan. Cool. What's next? So next we'll be reviewing the movie we saw this week, which is Fifty Fifty. Oh man, I really go for chicken wings though. Oh yeah, you want? Okay, well. Our sponsor this week is Buffalo Wild Wings. So. I don't like chicken wings. You didn't have that. It's in the too much work. Us. Oh, I was helping you out there. <laughs> All right, cool. Are you, are you going to splice in a commercial here? No. Okay. Is Buffalo Wild Wings? I thought you were just going to do usual like, hey everybody, try Birdman Barbecue oh. Sauce. Yeah, this week's podcast, as always, is brought to you by Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Pick it up at your local You're Colorado welcome, Joe. <laughs> Ace Hardware store. He's going to give us some free stuff. He j- I talked to him yesterday. Sweet. Now I'm really lazy. Is this off. barbecue sauce so good that it'll make me eat meat that's still on a bone? Maybe. Okay. It's delicious. It's delicious. Of course, I said that last week, and I still haven't gotten to an Ace Hardware. We'll we'll, we'll get it. Joe said he'd pimp us out some, so. Oh, yeah. Or he'd have a barbecue with us there. I'm going to get pimped. Wait, what? He'd make uh, the barbecue. Yeah, no, I understand. I was. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Uh, Hey, Brad, should people see 50-50? I liked it. I think they should see it. James? Oh, hell yeah. The humor may not be for everyone, though. It's kind of a sensitive subject. It is. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's a little bit of toilet humor, but the kind that I would almost have my parents go see because the rest of the movie makes up for it. Exactly. I think people should see it, and they should listen to the trailer right now. You have cancer? They found it yesterday. They found it yesterday? Who found it? My cleaning lady found it in the back of my jeans. Who do you think found it? You're young. Young people beat cancer all the time. Every celebrity beats cancer. Dr. Dexter, Lance Armstrong, he keeps getting it. You see, you're my shrink. How old are you? 24. So what are you like, Doogie Howser? Who? Teenage doctor. Does he work here? I'm moving in. No, mom, no. I'm your brother, Adam. But exactly. Don't do it! I I thought you said you liked to do it. You're gonna look weird. Come on, let's just do it. What do you use this for? They're body trimmers, so... What is that? Hello? It's Adam. What, what's going on? Um, this is probably having a nervous breakdown. What are your chances? It said 50-50. It's not that bad. You were a casino game. You'd have the best odds. Everybody's gotta live. You really think that a girl's gonna go for me just because I have cancer? For the millionth time, yes! I have cancer. I was wrong. Nice it was, it was weird. It's yeah. weird like that. No, that's it's not, too it, soon. it doesn't sound cool. 50-50. Nice head. Can I touch it? You can do more than touch it. So 50-50 stars Joseph Gordon. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. There is no S. I I like that uh, he's become a kind of a cool actor because I remember him on Third Rock from the Sun as the... He was... Well, I mean that's there's that's an amazing cast on that show. Oh no, I think and the show's was, actually pretty funny. He held up really well as like a twelve year old kid on that show. I still think the he show's actually like, pretty funny. Oh yeah, because yeah. I think Lithgow is always really funny. Because yeah. I mean, uh, and that guy who played Rocket Man, no, that wasn't. And you know, the one person I I think is actually weakest link in that is is French Stewart. That's my friend. No, Stewart. I think he's I think he's better than the the uh, girl. What's her name? 
I don't know. Samantha. Yeah, I remember how people thing. thought she was hot, but she's we not hot at all. Funny. Hey, yeah, they're hey, not. What kind of horrible prick would say something like that? Shut up, dude. <laughs> so, in the movie, his character, I mean, Whitney Adam, Cummings is fun. Oh, oh my gosh, James. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> all right, so Continue. 5050. Discuss 5050. Just Love is supposed to get named Adam, who gets cancer. He does get cancer of the back. <laughs> and, uh... His friend Kyle, the Seth played by Seth Rogen, which is what I liked is they kind of kept Seth Rogen out of the movie until specific parts when yeah. he was really needed uh, to be there for Adam. And he's really perfectly balanced in that movie. He, he is. shows up. Oh, I mean, you kind of expect Seth Rogen to be funny, and the problem mm. we had a horrible audience. As soon as Seth Rogen came on screen, people laughed. He wasn't doing anything. Uh, no, but this is this is maybe the most dramatic I've ever seen him in. Yeah. You know, maybe this and Funny People, which are, you know, bizarrely similar movies. Yeah. Um, but it was written by their friend Will Reiser, who actually, it's the basis of his life, where he did get cancer. And, really? I didn't know that. And he wrote the movie, because Seth Rogen was his friend, and I read an interview with him, and they said, so is the character Adam going to die in the movie, because obviously you're still alive and you beat cancer? And obviously you wouldn't spoil it in the interview, but I always yeah. thought it was interesting. And, you know, that that's one of the cool things about that movie you're always playing with. Well, he could live. He might not make it. And and it's uh, it's directed by the guy named Jonathan Levine, who directed The Wackness, which was a sort of big indie movie from a couple years ago with um, Ben Kingsley Ben Kingsley in it. Uh, and he's also got this movie called uh, All the Boys Love Mandy Lane with Amber, Amber Heard in it, uh, which is this weird movie that hasn't been released. It has, it's been in a can for years, and every now and then people online will talk about it. Uh, but he's not a he's not a big name, and I, I think now he should be, because he does a really good. Yeah, movie. that was a that was a cool movie. You know, it's it was it was funny, but then it it would it, sometimes when you do those comedy slash dramas, sometimes they get too serious or they're too goofy. And I thought it had a really nice balance to it. Yeah, well, and because they're it's really honest and well written in both of those. So there were times when like I would be, you know, very emotionally tied to what was happening and. I never cried, I will say that, but there were times when I was getting close, and I was like, I oh, did. oh, shit, yeah, shit, yeah, you did. Yep, I yeah. did. There were, there were times when I was getting close, and then they would do something that would that was funny, and I would, the, my first instinct was to be mad at them, like, no, why, this was perfect, why did you break it? And then I realized, but that was really funny, and then I would, I would like, let myself laugh for a second. It was an, it was a very cathartic laugh every time mm-hmm. that it happened. I've never... I've never felt that before where you know it was it was well written on both sides and so when it would flip back and forth you 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 couldn't hold it against it because it just felt very natural well yeah i've, I've always said that i think people are more naturally funny than always being serious and that was always my problem with drama sometimes is everybody's so serious in them but i think you always have to break the tension because i think people's first instinct is to try to be funny brad you just stand there, sitting there, looking. I'm Did you not like you guys talk? You, no, it's all right. I'm just, I'm nervous. I'm getting nervous. Take turns. Um, no, I liked it. I thought it was really well, really well written. Obviously, well acted because of that. And uh, I liked how they masked all the technical parts of cancer treatment with certain transitions and camera moves and stuff. You know, like when he's oh getting yeah. explained for the first time, like what he's going through. You know, they kind of have this like ear tune out thing. Well, and um, it's not even you kind of get it. Wait, that's that to me is more about the fact that because up until then, like we already know. Obviously, we know because we know the story of the movie. But we also know because you pick up little words about you know things that you when you hear those words, you know we're talking about cancer. But the doctor never says cancer, and then the the that ringing thing happens the moment that he says cancer, and then suddenly, you know, Adam sort of everything just goes away for a second and right. he, he's he's not listening to what that doctor is saying it's not even about like we don't want to explain to the audience what the technical stuff is it's more like this has this it gets r- very real in that moment because up until then everything is just fun and then cancer <laughs> yeah and i uh dallas bryce howard's in it and she's really grown you know yeah. from the village to Spider-Man to this, and I haven't seen the help yet, much to the chagrin of my wife. But yeah, we should have seen that. Yeah. The creature. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's great, and another another really amazing character because that's one that 
though our audience was very quick to choose sides as far as that those characters were concerned, I think she is written in such a way that while what she does is deplorable, you almost understand it. Because you realize, like, you know, yes, obviously things are shittier for him and he has cancer, but at the same time... You you can relate with the choices she makes. How to deal with it, and she doesn't know how to explain that or. And the situation, you know, when she tell when he tells her, she he says like, "I'm I'll I'll let you off the hook. Like you can leave. You can you don't have to stay here." But that would be shitty too, Mm -hmm. you know. Like you you realize she was never really given a good option, and then she ends up looking like a bitch because she kind of is one. But you know, it's a character that you can't entirely hate, and it makes her a much better interesting character that if she were just like oh that was his bitch girlfriend you know yeah um and so because they take such a realistic look at that relationship then when you get the relationship at the end where two of my favorite people in hollywood fall in love that feels more emotional and more real and more honest yeah i love too when uh she was at the art gallery (laughs) making out with the jesus hippie guy and she came home and she played that part, you know. She's like, oh, there oh, he is. And, and then all of a sudden Seth Rogen bursts in because he took the picture. He's like, what's up? Yeah. It just really broke the tension in that scene. It's pretty oh, give her man. a second to say anything. <laughs> yeah. like, every time she speaks, he just opens up and, like, shuts her down. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan, it's... I just want you to know, if you ever get cancer, I would totally have sex with Jesus. Thank you. All right. That would be um, divine. Shitty. No. <laughs> no. Audience, what did you think of Fifty Fifty? Yeah, I thought it was really. I thought it. Laura loved the Greyhound so much so that she yelled it in the theater. <laughs> and yet, and yet, no one, so no one else in the theater could hear her yelling it because they were all having their own conversations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, the movie. Sorry. I I really liked it. I thought they handled. I thought they handled cancer because anyone who's ever had like someone in their family with cancer, they handled in a realistic way where it's hard. You don't want to talk about it. You kind of make it funny a little bit, like. I thought they really did the whole family experience justice. It it reminds me a lot of um, the realistic way that High Fidelity looks at sort of the situations of romantic comedies. This does that same kind of formula on a movie about life and death, where you you get all of these funny situations and these characters that you love and you you relate to them because they are funny in the way that you relate to characters in a comedy, but then there are scenes I, I, I still think it's maybe the most powerful scene in the movie where he's sitting with his therapist, Anna Kendrick and, you know, she's doing this. She's doing her best to try and help him and he has this great little bit of dialogue where he's saying like no one will actually say that I'm dying. Like, no one will talk to me and say like you know, we're doing this because you're dying. You know, it's an amazing scene that is, it's just honest. Like, it's the, it's what you want. You want the world to be that world where people can just talk to that guy that way, you know? And I don't know. It's amazing. It's, yeah, I, I like the scene, too, in The Therapist where she said, uh, they're talking about his mother. Yeah, I was about to it, say that. And, he, yeah, he said, you know, so she, because his father has Alzheimer's, and mm-hmm. his therapist says, so you have... Your mom, whose husband can't talk to him, and her son that won't, and that kind of changed the whole dynamic of the movie yeah. too, because that's where it kind of changed. There's another to... interesting element because it's like this kind of subplot, but like the mother is introduced as this overbearing character, and you don't really acknowledge it until Anna Kendrick brings it up in that scene, mm-hmm. like when he's kind of just kind of offhandedly talking about it, and I was like li- watching, it, I was like, man, I didn't even think of that. Like, yeah, yeah. she's yeah. got this. Because the husband, like, they don't focus on his Alzheimer's. It's just kind of like this thing that's, you know, accompanying the story. And then once they draw attention to it, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And it's mom. funny. You know, she's played wonderfully by uh, Angelica Houston. And I, now that you say that, it makes me realize that I was sort of put off by the guy who plays his dad. Because I thought, especially in the same year as uh, John Lithgow played a guy with Alzheimer's and did it so well that it almost saved that movie for me. Um that I was like, why? You know, he just sort of stands in the background and smiles. And now that you say that, I think that maybe that was a, an intentional thing where, you know, he wasn't that sort of deadpan, doesn't always know what's going on. You know, he's just sort of in the background and like, oh, we're just sort of okay with that guy. So that then when we get to that beat, 
that other shoe can drop and we go oh man her oh i yeah i hadn't even thought of that yeah my favorite scene this part, I guess it's not really along the same lines, is when they're on their last night and he goes into Kyle's apartment and he finds the book in the bathroom. Mm. Like, he thought that his friend was just, like, being selfish and really didn't understand, but he had read a book about cancer and I, that touched me. I thought that was very nice. Yeah, he's got it all marked up. Yeah, that's a good one. I would have... That, that one may have been the one to really kick me and, and get me to start crying, but that fucking bitch wouldn't shut up behind me, and so I was distracted. Well, the chick behind us would tell us when it was sad, and then when there was a joke, she would repeat it in case we missed it. Hey, did you know that Anna Kendrick's teeth are really pretty? She said they were big. I learned that from them too. I I did know actually. Well, she said they were big. They looked like rabbit teeth, and they kept on <laughs> they kept on talking while they're having that. It was that scene where he's talking about his mom. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Oh, I was hoping that they were fat chicks, but they weren't. Did they I have didn't good hear teeth? Because I was kind of drunk. Maybe maybe they didn't have good teeth and they're just really like they should be jealous because of... I, like I don't think she's like hot but she's cute. Who Anna Kendrick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh what? And she's really awesome. Too bad she's in Twilight. Actually, I I'm, I'm gonna have to look up and see if she did anything significant before that. I think that maybe the best thing about Twilight is that it found Anna Kendrick. You know she's great enough in the air. You know who else is in Twilight? Bryce Dallas Howard. Is Half really? of the cast of this movie is in Twilight. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, I, you know, I was reading an article the with... villain in three, I think. I don't know, by, they uh, all run together for Neil me. Patrick Harris, and he says, always take a job. Because, you know what? If, oh, that's how Smurfs got made! Yeah! Ah! That's, you know, it's funny, he mentioned that in there, he said, because if you don't take the job, then maybe someone else will play NPH in the Harold and Kumar movies, and then you won't be in How I Met Your Mother, and you won't, uh, and if you don't make fun of yourself, somebody else will. Well, and the truth is, he... He's probably saying that as the guy who didn't work for ten years after he had a hit show... But uh, he did. He listed um, his TV movies he worked in. It's a great article. He wrote, oh, okay. Neil Patrick Harris right now because they even made a Doogie Howser joke in the movie. They did make a Doogie. Oh, Hauser. and that was a, it's such a, that is such a good joke because it's it's the kind of joke that the other people in the theater didn't laugh at because they didn't understand it. Because you're talking about how they're talking about how Anna Kendrick is young and he's making a joke about oh you're like Doogie Howser and then you realize like she's not laughing because she doesn't know who Doogie Howser is because she's young. Oh, I love the uh, really uncomfortable Patrick Swayze joke. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, man. Where Seth's wrong character didn't know that he was dead. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, none of the none of the really awesome jokes in the movie feel like jokes. You know? Yeah. They're just people talking, and those people talk in funny ways. They're never <laughs> like, hey, this is that time that we, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing super disgusting. Like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel the way that, like, a hangover movie feels, where you feel like they're throwing jokes at you. This is just, you're watching characters, and so that's part of why... When it goes from drama to comedy, it's just, it's not even like the movie is switching gears. It's just like, well, these are just people. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about the anticlimactic way to follow you up there, but yeah, I just, yeah. It's great. I mean, it's really great. Now, you know, I may, I may have made some big predictions. You did. Uh, I don't know. It's... I know I was going to ask you, James, James said that it was going to be his favorite movie of the year. Oh, it's, I did not know that. It's up there. It's good. And, you know, the hard thing is that every day since the second time I saw Moneyball, that movie just gets a little bit better in my mind. And this may this might do the same thing, especially if I see it again. This might be a movie that just gets a little... It's up. interesting because this is like the slowest time of the year. Right and now movies have movies, been good. And they've been pretty good. Yeah. Like the last three well, movies, Drive, like second slowest Moneyball, and this movie have been really good. Yeah, um, I, I do want to say one thing about the trailers at the beginning. Why can't why did they cast Sam Worthington to be an American person? We can't even keep his Australian accent out of the trailer. Are you sure he's American in that movie? I mean, he only has to stand on a ledge. Yeah, he is a man on a ledge. You no, know, he talks at the beginning with American accent. Yeah, and then he says, oh, "I'm innocent." Like, wait, yeah. what? I mean, the well, worst the is uh, still Terminator Salvation, where he's talking to Christian Bell completely with his Australian accent. And then the next scene, he doesn't have it anymore. Uh, there's a podcast I listen to called Making It with Ricky Lindholm, which is... Ricky Lindholm is like a little character actor. Actually, I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Anyway, she's sort of a character actor. She's half of the comedy group. A uh, couple of Oates. really funny women in a group called Garfunkel and Oates. Um, 
And there's that's James one of them. Pointed at two women when he said that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I pointed at that guy in the third row who kept talking <laughs> about how women aren't funny. What a dick! <laughs> who would say that anyway? Um, <laughs> she had, she had somebody. I think it was Sarah Paxton. What what she does on her podcast is she interviews like other up and coming stars or other little character actors that she knows. Um, basically, she talks to her friends on a podcast, which sounds familiar. Um, and she was talking about how there is this weird thing going on in Hollywood where Australians will get cast mostly because they're Australian. Like, she had a friend who was filming, who was casting a movie, and she told her friend, like, oh, I've got this guy who's really great, you should cast him. And that guy came in and did a really good job. And then this other guy who was Australian came in and was like, hi, I'm Australian, and he got the job and then wasn't as good. And it's, I don't, I don't actually understand it entirely, but it is some kind of thing that is happening where uh, Hollywood sees that somebody is Australian and thinks they must be the next... Sam Worthington or the next that guy from Spartacus Mel Gibson um, <laughs> or the next Mel Gibson but you know what I mean though and then what the fuck is that movie about well, a they're dude gonna... on a ledge trying to rob a rich guy yeah they're That's trying the to rob a movie? the bank across the street he's where trying the to guy create a keeps... distraction so that he yeah, can yeah, no, I, mean, I, get well, that, I don't know why I'm... you would create a distraction across the street from the place that you're robbing I feel like that's like you're calling the cops to across the street, not across town. <laughs> and do you guys uh, like the trailer for the bunny, the bounty hunter too, from the girl's perspective this time, and oh, from Jersey. That's my I'm terrible s- Jersey accent. Okay, if that movie didn't have uh, what's her fucking face in it, I might, I would probably be yeah, Catherine Heigl. I would probably be interested in it. I'm uh, interested because she's in it. Uh, I hate Catherine Heigl. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of Catherine Heigl, but you know. Whoever this Janet Ivanovich person is, she writes a lot of books, and I have to assume that some of them are half decent. So, but it's exactly the same plot, except the chick is the no. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Jennifer right. Aniston is a bounty hunter, and no, she's not. No, I've never seen it. I, I have seen it, but I don't remember it. My cousin and I rented it. It's the gayest day I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my cousin came home and said, "Hey, you want to watch a bounty hunter?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." The dude from Three Hundred. I love Jennifer Aniston. Is that that gay moment that your wife was talking about? <laughs> uh, supposed to have. Oh, you know what? I am just a statistic in her book now. You are. You are. Uh, Did you have sex we... with a man while you are doing that? Because otherwise it doesn't count. Uh, it was pretty gay. <laughs> it was close to... It was like 37% gay. Um, <laughs> Kenzie uh, disagrees. That's, that's what Kenzie said. They just pronounced Kenzie. Our audience is the worst. We have the worst audience in the world. I hope they don't come back. Anyways, you should see 50-50. You should. And next week we are seeing Real Steel. Real Steel. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, actually, I've been Dude. reading. It's been getting good reviews. Oh, I, I don't care. It's got robots that fight, and you know oh, how I love robots that fight. You know would be awesome is at the end. Let's say that robot can't make it, and Hugh Jackman jumps up and he has his claws come out. Oh yeah, he picks up the muscles. He picks up the robot muscles, and he's like, Rawr! He punches the robot, and it says Wolverine returns next summer. Dude, that'd be the best <laughs> ending to that movie ever. <laughs> Wolverine does return next summer, doesn't it? Uh, is it next summer it comes out, the Wolverine? No, it doesn't. No, no I don't I, know. I made that I up. did just pick up this cool magazine called Total Film, and it's the 52 comic book movies in development. I haven't read it yet, but hmm. the Wolverine's in it. Total Film makes half-assed, almost good things. Just, I, just saying. I don't know what it is. Oh. I just had Spider-Man on the cover, so I bought it. Yeah, I bought, like, a all the best movies of ever uh, by Total Film once, and it was, I don't know, I had Mace Window on the front. Who that that one really obnoxious girl in the movie tonight? The, mm-hmm. Not in the movie, uh, in the audience tonight. Before the movie, she and her friends were telling horrible jokes and giggling like little school children. And at one point, she was talking about how uh, Samuel L. Jackson was in a movie. Samuel Jackson. Mm. Samuel Jackson. No, no, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. No, no, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> He's in a lot of he, movies. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, trailers, I just remembered the Tinker Tailor Taylor Soldier, Soldier Spy, Spy looks awesome. It does. I think I'm going to read the book first. It looks so awesome. I read a review that said it's it really boring. Oh, oh the movie every review I see, it's got every Benedict review I see is yeah, yeah. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Yeah. It has the best name ever. Well, it has a lot of uh, good actors in it though. Mm-hmm. Lots. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, everything I've heard is that it's actually really good. <laughs> I don't know. I like movies like that. I mean, Moneyball, they just talked, and it was awesome. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Mad Men, they just talked, and it's awesome. I mean, you just got to sit there and stare at Brad Pitt's steely blue eyes. 
Or does he have green eyes? I don't even know. I don't, Christina Hendricks' large <laughs> breasts. Yeah, Christina Hendricks does have big boobs. Like, they had a picture of her in my New Entertainment Weekly. She was at the Emmys. And it's like, she's like falling out. I hate seeing pictures of her at awards. Because it, well. And thanks to Drive, I mean, she's missing half big, her head. But... Yeah, she is missing half her head in Drive. Oh, yeah. Shocking. Spoilers for Drive. I hope you didn't listen to this one and not Drive. So, next week, Real Steel with Hugh the Wolverine Jackman and uh, Lily from... Evangeline Lily! Yeah. Yes! Kate from Lost. I hope she's not bad. uh, Send mail and questions and Uh, Please like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Has anybody checked the mail? Yeah, I have. Did we get anything? Please check it. Uh, No. fuck. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com and you can visit our other website. (laughs) Sverx'sDomain.com NailsVisions.com and There's some new articles there. Yeah, there is. Uh, Brad just wrote one on Sparks' domain about fur bur- burgers, so <laughs> make sure you check out Brad's toilet humor. <laughs> Adam helped. <laughs> because, uh, you know, usually this guy is pretty straightforward, but every once in a while you'll read some stuff on his website that you're a little shocked. A little off-putting. A little off-putting, so, yeah. but it's funny. Is that anything? it? Oh no, tumblr.realnerds.com yeah. to read our blog and see why I got 20 more people to, that liked my article about Star Wars Episode 2 that I really didn't even review it. That's some bullshit. I wrote a really long article nobody read about Avatar and nobody even read it. So I know. cares about Avatar. <laughs> you are so big, I could stick my finger in your nose and not get it wet. Ha! Huh.